This is a really exciting time. 35 years, what a milestone. So what can we expect to see in the 35th anniversary celebrations? We are in for a few surprises and it is a huge milestone. Anything you've seen on Neighbours before is, in a sense, going to be compressed into quite a short period. It's a true celebration of the show, but it's a real celebration of the breadth of the storylines the show's been able to cover. We are on Neighbours and it's a soap and it's very dramatic. It is very scary, I can tell you that much. (laughs) Mind-blowing, it's very surreal. And you never know, just have to see what happens. It's very dramatic and intense. It it was a mammoth feat. It it was massive, absolutely massive. It's just absolutely mind-boggling. I can't even speak, it's so good. (laughs) It's so good and it really felt like kind of the past and the present were kind of mashing together and some of it is also really scary. It's, uh, it's a big, big, big moment. It's jam-packed, full of that much drama. It's crazy, I can't believe it. It's going to be massive, epic, if you will. There's going to be some twists and turns, surprises, and not everyone is going to make it through it. We wanted to make something spectacular and I think that we did. Endgame's going to be crazy. I'm crying my eyes out, so you'll probably be crying too, so definitely give it a watch. I was going to say a wild ride, yeah, yeah, hell of a ride. It's a whole bunch of storylines interwoven and it all comes together. But there's so many really brilliant twists and turns in it. It is brilliant. Mm, lots of surprises. I wish I could tell you what they are, but I cannot. But like a heap of nostalgia and heaps of great little one-liners reflecting back on 35 years of history of all these different characters and... And then, juxtaposing that, you have the crazy endgame on the island where it's just crazy, high drama, mayhem, fins involved. It's like one big nightmare. It's great viewing. It's like neighbours on steroids. There is a lot that goes down. It's going to be a really good one to watch. That's really exciting. Sounds like it's going to be pretty spectacular. How much fun was it filming the anniversary specials? Well, Ellie is obviously a pivotal part of the 35th celebrations. So let's start with that. Everyone, the troops, they decide to go on this glamping trip to celebrate Ellie's 35th birthday. The hellish glamping trip of all time that turns out to be an absolute disaster. You know, it starts off really fun and glamorous and you've got the whole gang together and it's exciting and fun and there's so many activities and they're all having this wonderful time and then you kind of just get that sense of impending doom just waiting to happen and um, boy does it happen. (laughs) At the start when we first arrived and it was all fun and games and that, it it was fantastic. It was like we were just a group of mates actually out glamping. And I remember I said at one point, I'm like, we we could just stay here, you know, just enjoy what the production had to set up because they did such a great job. Do you think the events that happen in Endgame will put people off glamping? No, because it's not about the glamping itself. It's about a particular person who has premeditated all these incidents to happen. It's more about one person and the devastation that one person can cause and inflict and all the pain they can inflict on everyone. I don't even think I'm in the 35th anniversary episode. 
However, I am around the edges of it and I'm not involved in Endgame on the island because I think anything that involves showing a lot of skin, they never usually put me in it. Not because I don't have some beautiful skin to show, but I don't like it out in the sun. Chloe is a big part of the special extra episodes. There'll be a lot of summer fun on an island and things may go awry. In specials, you see a side of Hendrix that you've never seen before because he kind of becomes less selfish and it's really beautiful. It's, it's a beautiful story. It's beautiful to see. B, she, she has quite a significant part in the 35th anniversary, which is crazy cool. I mean, to be, even be a part of the 35th anniversary is very great. And she's gone through a lot. Obviously, there's a bit of a love triangle happening. You know, there's some little secrets that are slowly coming out. I can give away one little cheeky thing. She does end up down the bottom of a mine shaft. So I can't tell you how or why or when, but it does happen. And it's very dangerous down there. <laughs> it sounds very scary, actually. It is very scary. And even shooting it, you know, it was pretty cool because... A mine shaft is obviously such a small area and I really felt trapped. I really felt a part of this because I was doing so many hours of shooting. David doesn't have one of the major storylines, but he is obviously around. And just being a part of the 35th year is is a really special thing because not many shows have been going for this long. Dippy is involved by way of basically being a bit of a matchmaker and pushing two couples, so two people of each couple, to getting married. I can't tell you who I um, push, but I definitely encourage them to go down the aisle and I definitely soothe and warm their cold feet in the process. Hats off to the writers and storyliners for putting this one together. And also total hats off to the crew. I mean, cast goes without saying, but the crew, because we had the biggest workload and the most amount of working units we've ever had. Susan has a very major storyline leading up to the 35 years. There's all the aftermath of Finn coming back to the street. We're seeing that story start to ramp up. While that goes to places that we've never gone to before on Neighbours, it's very dramatic. We push it as far as we possibly can. There's a huge fallout affecting a lot of characters and it's a very, very big story to mark the 35 years. Pierce's purpose is to really start it off as, as this, you know, painting this picture of this perfect getaway starts off all very friendly and then it just kind of escalates. And then, you know, with neighbours, any time anything seems perfect, it's always going to end in uh, turmoil and tragedy. A lot of it was shot out of our normal studios and that, so it was kind of like being out shooting a big movie. It was all, it was always different. And then the best thing about that is we get different catering, so the catering was really good. <laughs> Harlow does have a bit of an involvement in the specials. She is not involved in the marriages, the weddings, but she is involved in the end game. So yeah, she gets into a bit of drama and she manages to get herself on the island. You're also the half-niece of Stephanie McIntosh. So she's back for the specials. Yeah, she's my auntie. It's been really cool because we kind of never thought it would happen that we'd end up working together. It was so weird just like being in the green room with her and kind of seeing her. And I don't get to spend that much time with her because she lives in LA. Shane is involved in The Return of Sky and he is helping her out with her new marriage. I'm very excited to be a part of it. Therese is involved in some of the weddings. We do have a large wedding expo at Lasseter's and we have some 
wonderful past cast members that are returning and I'm hoping or Therese is hoping that some of them will be involved in these weddings but we'll see we'll see Dr Carl would try to sing in everybody's wedding but nobody asked the weddings were absolutely fabulous absolutely wonderful some wonderful characters came back to the show my brother Mark Brennan the old cop comes back and his character comes to a full arc where he gets to marry the um, love of his life and actually he gets married for once because he's tried to get married so many times he's been with nearly every bird in the street so I get to stand by his side through that in a kilt of all things Toadie's not getting married this time. So obviously it's the 35th anniversary, so you've got to have something that reflects 35. So we have five weddings and three deaths. Can't say who dies, but yes, there's definitely the weddings and none of them are Toadie's. So he could be included in the three deaths. But having said that, I'm still here, so that's kind of given it away really, hasn't it? (laughs) Take from that what you will. (laughs) Roxy, she does have a big part in it. It is brilliant. I'm so proud to be a part of it. It was so fun to film and it's very drama-filled, so I know that the fans will utterly love it. Okay, some quick fire neighbours questions. What's your favourite wedding? Favourite wedding would be Aaron and David's, the first uh, legal same-sex wedding on Australian television. It was such a fun, beautiful day and I was so happy I got to be part of it. Ooh, can I talk about this wedding? It's a part of the 35th anniversary. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe I can't. Maybe I'll leave that wedding. There's a really good wedding that a lot of people were looking forward to and it's going to happen in the 35th anniversary, so you better watch. Favourite other wedding? I liked Paul and Teresa's wedding up on the Gold Coast. I think at one stage they were meant to be going to Vegas and then that didn't happen, so they went to Bris Vegas and they still had an Elvis impersonator and I was like, that is really Therese to end up in Bris Vegas having a wedding there. And Paul, like that tight ass, he's got all this money in there and just go to Brisbane. It's great. Oh, Sonia. Sonia. Oh. Sonia, beautiful, such a beautiful wedding. Oh, it has to be my own, of course. That was that was really nice. I think when you watch it back, it was a really nice day. Luckily for us, there wasn't too much drama. Usually, there's a wedding. There's like you know, someone dies or someone gets taken to jail, and yeah, a little bit of grief from Hendrix, but it was we got through it unscathed. It was shot on a freezing cold day. It was like raining and the wind. The last scene we did. We could not stop our jaws from chattering. You know, it was that cold. I've only, actually, I've been part of a few weddings now, but my favourite one that I was most memorable was to raising Gary because there was so much drama there. I would say the gay wedding was probably my favourite, but I wasn't in that. I just watched from the sidelines. Oh, definitely when Carl and Susan renewed their vows on the Thames in London in a boat and at the end of the ceremony... Izzy gave birth to Dr. Carl's bastard love child. So that was, that was a fun day. That was a great day. So I think weddings, Toadie's, he's kind of done for a while. I think he's had five of them. So, yeah, yeah. Because to D, and then she disappeared off, off the cliff, disappeared. And then, uh, then it was to Steph, but then he pulled the plug because he decided that she didn't love him the way that he wanted to be. And then Steph got pregnant to Libby's husband, so Toadie married Steph in order to cover that up. Uh, And then it was to Sonia, but then there was an explosion there, so she couldn't remember, so then they had another one in order to make her remember. And then we had, after Toadie cheated on Sonia, then we did another commitment ceremony. So I suppose that's six. Gosh, I really liked Lauren and 
Brad's wedding. That was a lot of fun. But then, I, look, I just love the devastation around Ellie and Mark's wedding as well. I thought that that was, it was shot beautifully and it was high drama. But Lauren and Brad, it was just a really beautiful, joyous wedding. Well, the Darren wedding, I guess, you know, I mean, I've already mentioned it four times already, so... <laughs> Favourite wedding? Well, the only wedding I've ever been to is Mark and Ellie's wedding, which was a total disaster, but that would have to be my favourite wedding. I mean, I loved David and Aaron's wedding. It was incredible that we, you know, as a whole got to put that on the show and create such a special, a special storyline. Hey, when you've got a moment, check out some of our 10 Speaks podcasts. Short Black with me, Sandra Sully. Hammered Home with me, Baz Dubois. I'm Matt Burke, and you've been listening to 10 Speaks Rugby Podcast. I am the hack, I'm Hugh Rimmington, and with me is the Professor Peter Van Onselen. You're looking splendid, you relax, Peter. Have you missed me? Next time you're looking for a podcast, head to your favourite podcast player and search 10 Speaks. And give us a five-star rate and review while you're there. Your favourite storyline? The D'Andrea thing's pretty huge. I mean, that was a a pretty exciting storyline. But I really can't go past the Darren wedding. I mean, that's... that's, uh, Obviously, there's a personal attachment to that, but it's also just a huge moment in Neighbours history and something that the show had been working towards for a long time. Uh, Anything with Clive I like, particularly if it's a proper storyline like the one we had fairly recently, which was when we had a blow-up over me interfering in someone's life. I can't imagine why he was upset. And he dropped me, dumped me unceremoniously, and then he picked up with Beverly Robinson because, you know, no middle-aged man can be on his own for too long. And then we started having an affair behind Beverly's back. And actually, we're sitting here in the hospital set at the moment, and we did quite a lot of our affairing in this very set. So could have been on this table. We did wipe it down before we started. Okay, good. <laughs> I think my favourite storyline would be the, the illness and demise of Sonia, really exploring the grief and the loss of the person who knows that their illness is terminal, but also the, um, the loss for Toddy of his wife. I also found the introduction of Mackenzie a really exciting thing to be involved in as well. That's a very important story for us to see on our screens right now. I think for me, the Carl-Susan-Izzy love triangle, for lots of reasons. Natalie Bassingthwaite was great fun to work with, and it was the first time that Susan had someone to hate. She'd always been kind of the Mother Earth person who loved everybody, and everyone loved her, and she got on with everybody. So to have a character that she could hate for cheating with her husband, we saw a side of Susan that we hadn't seen before. So for me, that was a lot of fun to play. It's the 7,000th episode. Carl lost a scratchy at Toadie's house, and Toadie was actually hosting a naturist lunch in order to secure a client, because these clients were naturists, and they got the idea that somehow we were. So Toadie and Sonia had to go along with it. So they had to nude up, and then Carl came over to try to find his scratchy. I said, no, you're not coming in here unless you get your kid off. And it was just absolutely hilarious watching Alan just go around being nude, and it was incredibly awkward and hilarious and very funny stuff. My favourite storyline probably is the breast cancer storyline. My mum was diagnosed a few years back with breast cancer and the producers called me into their office and said, look, we're really keen to do this storyline with Therese, but we need to talk to you and see how you feel about it. And I ran my mum and she was like, yes, 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 do it. And so we did it and it was amazing. And yeah, I've always, I've always been fond of that particular storyline. 
in 25 years, there's there's so many of them. And you'd normally be pointed towards the big affairs. I loved working with Natalie Bassingthwaite. She's a great pal. And we, it was a terrific story because, you know, Carl, the older man, is he, uh, you know, basically gets her hooks into him because she needs a father for her baby. I do, however, love silly stuff. And I think when Magda Zabanski came into the program and played my long-lost half-sister, that was a gorgeous storyline. She and I did eccentric, stupid things, much to the annoyance of Jackie, like remodelling the Kennedy house with sledgehammers. So that was a joy. I think my favourite storyline does involve me and it was when I was with Mark Brennan and we were trying to be all saucy and romantic and I handcuffed him to the table and Harlow comes in and we get caught by Ned while we're cutting open the handcuffs. That was hilarious to film and just a a funny, fun storyline. Favourite storyline would definitely be Chelly, hashtag Chelly. Chloe and Ellie love story, which unexpectedly for all of us involved just took off and garnered this enormous fan following. Jodie and I, who plays Ellie obviously, we were just so blown away by all of the support and how much it resonated with people and how much it meant to the LGBTQI community. Even though Jodie is leaving, you know, never know what might happen. I do hope that somewhere down the track they might <laughs> reconnect and bring back the Chelly storyline because it really was a beautiful love story. Uh, Aaron and David's wedding, by far, long shot. I have to say that the 35th anniversary would be up there. It's just got everything. It ticks all the boxes. There's so much going on. So there's a lot of storylines and it's just, it's a really good time to be watching Neighbours. <laughs> right, tell me one thing about you that's not common knowledge. What is not common knowledge? Oh, well, there's something that not everyone knows about me. I know how to box. I've boxed since I was a little girl. My father's a boxer, my brother's a boxer, my godfather is a world champion boxer. So that's something that I don't really talk much about. So it's a little side note. (laughs) Oh, I don't know if this is commonly known or not, but I love to write songs. I absolutely love writing songs and singing. Originally, I wanted to be a singer-songwriter when I was growing up. And I mean, that's still something I really, really love. So yeah, I suppose it's something that a lot of people know. I write songs. So many things. Um, I can play a mean piano. I met my wife on a reality TV show. That's one thing. I, I'm a chiropractor. Spent nine years at university studying the human body and physiology and science and all that and have now taken the act a bit out of chiropractor. So I still practice as a chiropractor once a month at the moment. Oh, that's a good question. I love tattoos, but I have to be careful not to cover myself in them because this job, you kind of just put yourself into a corner if you do that and then, you know, makeup has to cover you all the time. So I do love tattoos. How many do you have? Twelve. One thing about me that's not common knowledge, um, I think many people would disagree with me, but I'm quite shy. I don't really like to, I kind of like to keep to myself a lot and because I have such a contradicting character and I kind of don't come across that way initially, I think that's something that people would be surprised about. Well, I try to make it common knowledge as much as I can, but um, I'm a Dementia Australia ambassador because my mum has younger onset Alzheimer's. She was diagnosed at 52. I've had to be a carer for her. It's an awful disease. It's a really, really, really tough thing. And it's really important because it's the number one killer of females and the second biggest killer of everyone. So it's, it's really important that awareness is raised and that's something about me that I'm trying to share as much as I can. 
common, well, common knowledge. I was born in Northern Ireland in Carrickfergus. My family came to Australia when I was three, so you may hear a slight R sound in my normal speaking voice. And as Susan, I have to do an Australian accent, so that may not be something that everybody knows. One thing about me that's not common knowledge, probably that we have like a little bit of a farm and um, the only meat that we eat is only what we catch and kill. So we've got chickens and we've got lambs and I go fishing and so we're kind of a bit uh, self-sustainable from that and we've got honey and all of that kind of stuff. Ooh, that's such a saucy question. I'm a painter, so I love painting. What do you paint? I paint landscapes. I'm a creative person, wholly and truly, always. Like poetry, painting, dancing, singing, acting, anything that I can do, making clothes, I'm in it. Yeah, I love it all. I used to breed cashmere goats growing up. And I once entered a competition because someone pulled out to walk a cashmere goat around the Royal Easter Show in Sydney and show it. And I bloody won. I won the competition. And there's a photo of me sitting there with a blue ribbon at the Royal Easter Show and my sister next to me with a, a, a red one because she got second and she's so pissed off. <laughs> so, yeah, that's, uh, that's one thing that not too many people know. You've been listening to Ramsey Beat. A 10 Speaks and Fremantle podcast. Written, produced and fangirled by me, Ali Aitken. G'day, I'm Barry Dubois. If you've heard my name, you probably know me as that bloke off the living room. Believe it or not, there's a little bit more to me than just that. For 35 years, I've worked in design, construction and real estate. And during that time, I bought renovated and sold about $150 million worth of real estate while running my own property development business. And then I threw it all in at 45 to retire and sail around the world. There's no doubt about it, life has been a hell of a journey so far and I've learned a few things along the way. Things about homes and families that I want to share with you. If you listen to this podcast, I reckon you're going to learn a little bit about design. All sorts of styles works. It used to be that it was a very um, raw space where people didn't put as much effort in, but now they're really focused on even making it more like a hotel. You'll learn about sustainability. Anything you can do to reduce those leaks, whether it's seals on your windows and doors or caulking up the gaps beneath your skirting boards, those kind of things to reduce how much of that airflow flows in and out is going to have a big impact. And also, I want to share a bit about my personal philosophies on life, if you indulge me, of course. Joining us on the journey will be industry insiders, gurus and interesting people from all walks of life. So I had a pet penguin. No way. Yeah, so he was a penguin that had washed ashore. To check that he was ready to go back into the, into the ocean, we used to put him into the swimming pool. And he'd swim around the swimming pool, but he was so fast you couldn't get him out, so we'd have to get in there with a pool scoop, and and that was my job to swim around and try to catch him eventually. But (laughs) if he was fast enough, then it was a sign he was ready to go back to the wild. So hit that subscribe button and join me and my friends on Hammer at Home with Barry Dubois.